0: welcome everybody welcome to the big six podcast happy monday january 7th Wildcard weekend in the books i am will brinson i am your host of the daily cbs sports nfl podcast this folks is the nfl super friends recap that's what i've named this without telling the super friends uh the super friends involved are john breach I don't
1: know if any of these guys are my friends anymore, especially Sean after uh that end of that Bears game.
0: Oh, hold on, we're going to use social to say hi and then I, I tell was you, Breach is just out to get me. And, and then of course blood. Ryan Wilson
2: I want to be the Wonder Twins. I don't know if anyone even remembers that reference, but I'll be the Wonder Twins in this
0: what a, scenario. What about what about um you and I can be the Hardy Boys and uh and Breach can be Nancy Drew and Sean can be whatever millennials like. That's R- Ramona
1: Quimby, age
0: eight. Yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. What a drop. Um and of course oh God, me Margaret. The saddest millennial on the planet, Sean Wagner McGuff. Hey buddy. Uh so oh, no. we we're recording this within that is a big gulp of bourbon you just took, right on. Good for you. Uh, I've, I've got
3: additional supplies waiting for me through uh, the podcast.
0: Oh no, you bought four roses. That means you bought celebratory bourbon, didn't you? <laughs> you bought you bought <laughs> a nice. Taste. Is there a different kinds? Uh, I can't that's a... with you. I drank wild turkey once, and you were
3: like criticizing me for like no. drinking crappy <laughs> bourbon, and now I get four roses,
0: and you're uh. I, like. What do I have to drink to win your approval? I first of all, I didn't criticize you for drinking Wild Turkey. I don't want to be perceived as a bully here because I am a good natured <laughs> host. Um, I, I I said Wild Turkey. Whoa, it's Wild Turkey one and one. I mean, it's an aggressive beer. By the way, I'm doing dry G anyway. Good for me. Humble brag. How do you think? What do you think about that? Um, anyway, Wild Turkey aggressive. Four roses seems like the kind of thing somebody would buy over the weekend if they were inclined to believe they'd be celebrating a Bears playoff win. Unfortunately. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sad for you, Sean. I really am. But unfortunately, you are not celebrating a Bears playoff win. Describe your, uh, what's your number one emotion right now? The Bears lost, by the way. If, if anybody missed this game, the Bears lost 16-15 uh, to 15 to the unkillable playoff zombie that is Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles at home. They had a... I don't want to say chip shot, but pretty easy kick for Cody Parkey and he double doinked it after making the first practice one, uh, about as painful as it gets in terms of the loss.
3: Yeah, I feel foolish because for Oof. about three quarters, <laughs> I, it was going to be a close game and I wasn't getting my hopes up either way. Um, and I wasn't really even that nervous. I don't know why. I just wasn't. And then. The Bears go down, they take the lead, and then that's when I got nervous, because then it was like, the Bears, if they don't win, they blew this. But I will say, as soon as the Eagles took the lead, with you know, just to add to the heartbreak, they took the lead on a fourth down, you know, do or die play. If, if that fourth down pass is incomplete, the Bears run off the clock and win the game. So, yes. it wasn't just a missed field goal, it's giving up that fourth down. Um once that happened. Two, they had two, they had
0: two fourth downs. Because they completed a fourth and – right? Didn't they complete a fourth and, like, nine right down there by the goal? Am I crazy? I, I don't think so.
2: But just the goal line stand was impressive. I thought the three plays before that, they were dominating the running game. And there was two runs and one pass. The pass wasn't complete in that yeah. final play. I was goal a little
3: play. bit happy Alshon didn't end up catching the game-winning touchdown, which he was targeted on third down. But um,
0: Oh, sorry. I excuse didn't... me. Excuse me. It was a third and nine where they got to Alshon to the two is what I was saying. Yeah. And yeah. um, – I didn't. Once they scored, I, didn't, I really didn't expect the
3: Bears to go win the game because I just felt like there were too many variables that needed to go right, and the variables are so unknown. Like for instance, Trubisky needed to get them into field goal range, which I was kind of iffy on. Um, and then Cody Parkey had to make the kick, and I've been I feel like I've been saying on this podcast since the since week 16 when you asked me to talk about the the Bears 49ers game really quickly. And the one thing I said was Cody Parkey missed another field goal, and that could come back to bite the Bears um, in the playoffs. And sure enough. Um, I never felt confident like he was going to make it. It was kind of a fitting
0: end because.
2: He. What's that?
0: He made the first one. Doug, good so for neither Doug. Did he didn't good, feel confident either. Good for Doug Peterson for icing him because he, he made the practice one. If he doesn't ice him, he, they lose. I, they can I, ask a quick question? John,
2: what's the, what's the protocol when, uh, the, when the coach calls a timeout? Should you kick it as the kicker or should you not kick it? Mm. Cause did he reverse jinx himself by kicking it and making it?
1: No, I mean if you're already going into your motion, you just finish it, it's a it's a free practice kick. You want to take that all the time. It was smart. We're talking about Cody Parkey here. He needed all the confidence he could get. So you a hundred percent, especially you know, if you're Blair Walsh, you take the practice kick. Uh but obviously it didn't work out in this situation. But you know, if you're kind of not in your steps and you see the coach kind of calling a timeout, you don't take it. So you don't want to mess up your motion, psych yourself out, because if you do miss, that might stick in
0: your head. If I told you, Sean, before this game that Mitch Trubisky would complete 60% of his passes, throw for 300 passing yards, and not throw an interception, what would you have said the final score would be?
3: 24-10.
0: Yeah. That's I mean, that's a,
3: what I kind of thought
0: the game was going to be no matter what. That's the, and, Well, that's the dagger, right, for the Bears, I think, is that Nick Foles, who wasn't – Great. He wasn't good. He wasn't, good he, wasn't he, good. he threw two picks and he went 25 of 40 for 266 yards. But it, it, there were so many times in big spots where the Bears defense let them down, whether it was an Adrian Amos stupid play, and he hadn't been penalized much in his career, I think like four times before that. Uh, but like the all Jeffrey third down by the goal line, it just felt like Zach Ertz or all Jeffrey would be basically wide open all the time on these third downs. And, and Nick Foles made the plays happen when he had to, that it was, it was, but you
2: know what, if Cody Parkey makes that, we're not having this conversation.
0: Yeah.
3: I I'm, there's not a single part of me that is like mad or
2: blaming give, the Bears. Defense.
3: They, give 16, they give 16. Exactly. They up 16 points. It came down to a fourth down. Uh, they were in a position where they had a 41-yard field goal, or however long it was, to win the game. I just I can't blame a, bear, a defense for giving up 16 points and taking the ball away two times. And if you want to look at what kind of also lost the game is, um, the the Bears were winning by five in the fourth quarter and they got the ball back and they went backwards and they went three and out and then they had a terrible punch and Nick Foles only had to go 60 yards to win the game. So it was, um, the you know, it seemed like all game long the Eagles were in bad field position, and then on that last punt is when the Bears punter um, had his only bad punt in the game, and that kind of screwed the Bears' defense. Um, but I, there's, I'm not blaming them. I mean, Nick Foles did not play well. And that's the annoying thing is now we're going to have to hear about, oh, the legend Nick Foles, unbeatable. And, like, he, he did not play well tonight. He played poorly.
2: By the way, let me uh, mention this because Collinsworth talked about it on the telecast. So I looked it up on Sports Information Solutions, which we have a subscription to, and I just started using because I had – hours and hours on my hands to go through it. Nick Foles is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL against zone coverage. I looked up cover two and cover three. He ranks next to last after, uh, your boy, Josh Allen.
0: So, <laughs> so now, Josh no <laughs> likes zone coverage. So, neither, neither does, uh, the zombie,
2: the zombie killer. So, uh, who are they playing next? The Rams? Is that who they're, who they're playing? Saints. The Saints.
0: Saints, the Saints are going to annihilate the Eagles. Yeah, annihilate
2: well, the Eagles. we'll see. We'll see. Because the Saints offense has been sort of iffy in, in the last month or so. But either way, the point is that Nick Foles, as Sean points out, wasn't great. And he's not great. He hasn't been great against his own defenses in the times that he's played this year. So just something to look out for, uh, if you're looking for, uh, stats inside the stats. Uh,
3: one thing I also want to note about the, uh, this, the Bears loss is that I thought it was kind of fitting the game winning touchdown. Came against Sherrick McManus in coverage, and he is the guy who was filling in for Bryce Callahan, which was pretty much the only serious Bears injury that they had all year. They were one of the most healthy teams in football, but that was the only injury that made an impact. And
2: he was in great coverage.
3: Bryce Callahan is a really good player, and they picked on Sherrick McManus, who I it was it was a perfect pass and a perfect catch, but. Just kind of fitting that the Bears had really good injury luck all year long, but the one player that they did lose, uh, the replacement kind of pick, got picked on there. To
0: your, to your point about the scoring, sorry, Reach, i right back to you in a second, but I would note that, um, you know, the Bears allowed, uh, you know, they scored 20, uh, 23.6. Is that what I seeing here? Somehow I lost my, uh, my chart, but anyway, they scored like twenty three points a game, basically. Yeah, twenty six point three points per game, and they allowed seventeen point seven points per game in the, over the course of the regular season. This game was under; you held the, the Eagles to under twenty points. When you hold the Eagles to under twenty points, you expect to win because you have to believe with Matt Nagy as your head coach and a reasonable quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky throwing for three hundred yards, Tariq Cohen making plays, uh, Allen Robinson had some great moments in this game. You expect to win it. I, I do wonder if. We, but I don't know about you. I mean, I, I think I underestimated how much Doug Peterson's uh, familiarity with Matt Nagy would be able to help Jim Schwartz game plan for this. Do you think that mattered at all, Breach? Uh,
1: uh I absolutely do. I mean, and this because I'm going to bring up Matt Nagy right now and I'll start with that perfect jump off spot is one of the reasons I thought the Bears should w- lose to the Vikings last week was was because of the familiarity that the Eagles were going to have with Matt Nagy, the coaching staff, and help them prepare to defeat the Bears' defense. So that I think that absolutely helped that Doug Peterson knew exactly what he was getting into. I mean, the Bears' defense wasn't great. The Bears' offense wasn't great. And that's, you know, we can say, hey, they struggled. or But the Eagles came up in clutch at clutch times. And, and so if I'm Matt Nagy, uh, here are the two worst decisions he made in the past seven days. Number one was down at the goal line with under two minutes left. He doesn't call a timeout after the Eagles get a first down, down at the one yard line, 40 seconds went off the clock. I mean, that's huge amount of time when you're talking about, you know, they got the ball back with what, like 50 seconds left it, it to, on that game winning drive that led the Parkies miss. Uh, that would have been a minute 30. I mean, that's a huge chunk of time to blow. And then, you know, if they let the Vikings win last week, I'm sure we're we'll talking about a Bears win over the Vikings. Right, John?
3: I mean, I don't know because the, I wanted the Bears to play the Vikings because I thought they, their defense would man it on the offense and the defense only gave up 16 points. And I don't know if the Bears are scoring 15 points on the Vikings if they play like that. Right. It's, a, it, it's, it's such a weird game because Fools outplays, or sorry, Trubisky outplays Fools. The Eagles average 1.8 yards on the ground per carry. Mm. Uh, the Bears get two turnovers. Like, if you just read the box score, you would just assume the Bears won this game handedly. So I'm just like now trying to look back and like, how did how would how how is this even coming down to a field goal? And- like, if you just look at the the big plays and the stats, Allen Robinson goes has 143 yards. You think the Bears win pretty comfortably. So I don't. It, it's kind of it's just kind of a weird game. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know where you guys stand on that end of the half uh yeah, the recovery fumble thing. I don't know who that hurt more.
0: Well, Probably hurt the
3: Eagles more.
0: <laughs> the
2: Eagles because they didn't get a fumble.
0: Yeah, but I mean I well I disagree because I don't think that all right so if you don't
2: blow the whistle the Eagles pick it up. They blew the whistle.
0: Yeah, right, right. But yeah, yeah. But But they did blow the whistle. But they blew the whistle, right. So it's oh, sure, that's a rule though. Right, 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 right. But you're in your hypothetical scenario where it is a fumble and the Eagles pick it up. In the rea- in reality, the whistle was blown, which means it should have been Bears ball right there, and the Bears. Well, no, pres- that's not the rule, though. No, it says. Well, yes, it is. What? what I don't no, the
2: rule is if you blow the whistle, no one has possession. It goes back to being an incompletion, which is an idiotic rule, but well, that's the rule.
0: I don't think that is the rule. That is the rule. I hope, I hope Brinson's right because Brinson wrote. No, no, it, it almost...
2: absolutely is the rule. Um, Pereira tweeted it out. Uh, Zebra football tweeted it out. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. no, no. Look- the rule.
1: Right. If listen to John,
2: listen to John. if okay.
1: the passes ruled incomplete on the field and the review shows that it was actually complete with a fumble. If there's no clear recovery, it goes back to the original ruling, which is incomplete.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. If the fumble would have been recovered by someone, obviously they would have gone with that. But since it wasn't, it just goes back to being incomplete, which is a weird rule. And it's funny because they just tweaked the rule out of the blue on Thursday which was a similar situation, uh, except it has to do with end zone and, and safeties, and obviously that's not what happened here. But the fact that the NFL has been thinking about this, that situations like this could come up. I mean, they literally changed a rule out of the blue on Thursday, and uh, this wasn't that exact rule, but it, it was a similar rule. So it's just kind of crazy that this happened.
0: Uh yeah, right, right. Sorry. But they were all but I, I was thinking back on the th- the other paragraph part of it where it's like if the receiver loses the ball simultaneously or near simultaneously with the second foot coming down, as in a bang bang play, the pass is incomplete. I think that's what they were trying to say when he when he when he actually overturned it. Like when the ref did he you misspoke.
2: Even, did he you? misspoke. I'm sure that Albaron uh, uh Riveron was in his ear
3: yeah. saying, here's, here's He was he. just speaking the entire what? game too, if you heard him try to it was
0: explain all possessed? the calls. How do you let a guy who can't talk like uh, can't talk that good. Uh, hop on the mic like why, that. Get,
2: why is that? I don't understand why that's a rule. Why aren't we having conversation? I, I used to get so angry when the Steelers were good and in the playoffs, in the playoff hunt. Why every week are we having conversations about the officials doing insane things? Why do they need the? We have replay. Why are you blowing the whistle after every time the ball hits the ground?
0: Just here's, shut up. By the way, here's the here's the rule. When the pass is ruled to complete, either team can challenge that it was a catch and fumble and that they gain possession of the ball if there's a clear recovery. The replay official can also initiate the review if it's under two minutes or during overtime. If there's video evidence of a clear recovery by either team, the ball will be awarded to that team at the spot of the recovery, but no advance will be allowed. On fourth down or inside two minutes, the ball will be brought back to the spot of the fumble if recovered beyond it. If there's no video evidence of a clear recovery or the ball going out of bounds, the ruling of incomplete stays. So in other words, it's basically unchallengeable. Like you can't – yeah. you, can't, you can't do anything about it if it's incomplete and there's no evidence of a they, clear recovery. Yeah. They were <laughs> pretty much reviewing uh, to see if the Eagles had picked it up
1: it seemed like. That was
3: the, the only problem thing they with the
1: rule. Reviewing. The problem with the rule is that literally they're saying, hey, you caught it or you can catch it, but we're still going to rule it incomplete because right. no one recovered to fumble." So that's the part that doesn't make any sense. They're literally saying – this is a catch,
0: but we're not counting it because the ref picked up the football. And and it's worth noting that Terry McCallie, a referee who retired this past year, completely missed it because he's like, "This is a catch." It's the gonna... Eagles
3: were moving. The Eagles the moved Eagles back defense before right? the announcement. Yeah.
0: were moving back into the
2: inside yeah.
3: the five yard line, preparing for a goal line, you know, situation. Yeah. So
2: can anyone come up with a good reason? Well, like I guess the reason is that they just blew the call. That's why. That's why they said just stay with the call in the field. But that still doesn't necessarily make sense. Why can't it just be a catch where the ball is?
3: That's what I mean. You that's would what think it, should it would be, be because that's it what, was a catch. That's what that's what this you is can't determine just, what would have happened after. So cause that's what important.
2: you do with the fumble. You do the same thing. I mean, with a like a running back fumbles the ball, you can't see where it's fumbled. They blow the whistle and then a defensive player picks it up. You say, "Well, it just stays where it is." So
0: that, that's what drives me nuts about this the 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 blown dead situation. Like in the Chargers Ravens game, Melvin Gordon's lunging for the end zone and they don't whistle it dead until like and until like Marlon Humphrey is walking into the end zone, and they're like, "Oh, hold on!" Like Nancy and Rubber, like, "Oh, hold on, hold on!" There's arms in the air, and it's like, "All right, never mind." It was blown dead. No, it was actually ruled a touchdown. <laughs> like, what the hell are we doing? How is Marlon Humphrey allowed to pick up a ball? I don't and think you the- hear
2: it. To be honest with you, it was. So- yeah, I heard.
3: I heard the whistle pretty early, actually.
2: But I think the point is. Let it, let it play out. You'll figure yeah. it out in no,
0: the back. I agree with you completely, but, but that's my problem with the refereeing is that in some cases you have Melvin, it's like ruled a touchdown. And in other cases you have these guys flying in to blow a play dead when it should have been a fumble. And if you're the, I mean, it didn't ultimately cost the Eagles the game because the Eagles won, but they did lose three points there at the end. And it, it hadn't been ruled a catch, a catch and a fumble. It is also, uh, possible that the, that the that the referee that it would have been overturned into a completion and not a fumble. Like he, they could have ruled that his knee was down. So you could argue that the Bears got hurt there too.
3: Yeah, just, his knee wasn't down. Just the one final note on the Bears. We don't because they're done, so we probably don't need to keep talking about them until the off season. Uh, about Mitch Trubisky, he, I had no faith in him at the end, to be honest, to get them into field goal range. Um and his throw to Allen Robinson to get them into field goal range might have been his best throw of the season. Um and so, you know, I mean it's you don't want to I don't I'm not one for moral victories or whatever, but uh his last four games including this one tonight, he had a bad first half. But I think stepping in the right direction and if he can make the leap, the Bears should be good again next year. But um I think that's probably what it comes down to and Ryan Pace should probably try to find a new kicker, but I'm sure he's probably already working <laughs> on that.
0: Uh, all right. Let's go from Sean said, well, you know, we, do we do, did we do did we do the Eagles in the service area? we uh, not talking about them enough.
1: Well, I want to throw one more thing on Cody Park. He just looked, <laughs> Jesus. uh well, I mean, you go back and watch and, you're, you've are seen him miss kicks off the upright all season, and, and they showed him warming up into the net, and his, like, his plant foot was all over the place. And I mean, like, Sean's watching at home saying, writing in Slack, that he's going to miss it. He's going to miss it. I know he's going to miss it. I'm just going to close my eyes because I know he's going to miss it. And, and that's what – if you watch the kick that went in, even though it went right down the middle, it literally only went about 47, 48 yards. So he kind of short-legged it and aimed it, which is absolutely what you don't want to do because you're changing up your motion – and once you start doing that, you're just in your own head. And at that point, it's a 50-50 shot at best. So it's like Cody Parkey was his own worst enemy. And, I mean, that was one of the most dramatic missed field goals I've ever seen. So. Yeah, I, I
3: feel bad for him because he's obviously going to get cut. And we've seen this with Blair Walsh and all these guys. Like, this can actually just wreck an entire career. You Like, you can never recover from this. So,
2: but is there uh, any kicker other than um, Tucker that fans are happy with? Robbie, no one wants Robbie, to kick.
3: Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's, that's Gosh. the funny thing is, no, it's, it's really, um, the decision to cut Robbie Gold has been a problem. I mean, who, they, they had Connor Barth after, after they cut Robbie Gold. So this is like the what, one area. What, how
0: long is, oh yeah, let's see, uh, the Bears cut Robbie Gold in, in, uh, in 2000, after the 2015 season. So um, no, like three days before the season
3: because they signed Josh Sitton. And at the time people thought they were trying to make salary cap room, but then I think it came out later that, Pace just wanted Connor Barth or okay. something.
0: A, over under 88.5% of the kicks that, that Robbie Gold has made since he left Chicago, Ryan. Because I know you know, Sean. Over. Yes. It's yeah. Over. That's terrible. Do you know what the number is? Do you know what the number is? 96.5% of his kicks that he's oh made the God. last three
3: seasons. In yeah. about seven or eight of those six that come of, against the Bears.
0: Six of six from 50-plus. 27 of 27 from 30 to 39, 19 of 20 from 20 to 29, two misses from 40 to 49, 91.5% of his extra points. The Bears are advancing if they have Robbie you know, season.
2: That's reason enough not to give Ryan Pace GM of the year. I'm not even kidding.
3: I mean, that wasn't a this year move. He thought, I mean, the thing is, this has been a But like it hurt him this year. sure last. did. And he thought – know. and he thought he solved it, and he went out and gave Cody Parkey a pretty big contract. Like I don't know where it ranks among kicker contracts, but I remember it was a big deal when they went out and they signed Cody Parkey away from the Dolphins. Um, so
2: I don't know. It just, it's just – you could see this coming like, for weeks. the Ryan Tannehill kickers.
0: You've you been talking about this for weeks. All right, so we're really quick on – all right, got to get going. Quickly on the Eagles though, how far do you think the Eagles can go, Ryan? Do you think this is a – Next week. We just can't count out Nick Foles. I mean, or is this...
2: Listen, you said you said it all week about how Nick Foles isn't playing with the same team he was last year. I just pointed out he's terrible against zone defenses. Sean just pointed out he didn't play well on Sunday night. So, yeah, I mean, he got lucky. They scored 16 points. They're I... not going to go into New Orleans and stomp all over the Saints.
0: I think that this is best case for the Saints. I mean, I know that you don't want to deal with Nick Foles and... I mean, but like, but you're getting the team that like limped into the playoffs. They have this magic aura around them, but they are limited in what they can do offensively to a large, a fairly large degree. I mean, I just don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to put 45 points on you and their deep, their secondary's car is, is banged up and it played really well against the bears. I don't know that it's going to go into, to new Orleans and slow down drew Brees, uh and the saints. And if you're, if you're, if you're new Orleans, you just dodge the bears. Like you dodged maybe the, like the toughest defense in, in in the entire in the entire conference. You, you
3: dodged the Cowboys too, because
0: yeah, that's they, right. To
3: play the Bears one The Rams are probably the happiest team right now because they just they a month ago they played the Bears and they couldn't do anything, and now they they get to play the Cowboys, who I would imagine they're going to beat.
0: Uh The Saints, by the way, minus eight to open against the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go back earlier in Sunday's action. We go from Sean's the sad Sean, sad tears of Sean. To the happy joyous excitement of Will Brinson celebrating <laughs> a Philip Rivers win. First of all, Ryan Wilson, I want to say that you're a terrible human being and you I was re- right. and you're what, what I said. You <laughs> are going to burn in hell for your horrible treatment of Philip Rivers. With the, with the Chargers up 14 points, I'm freaking out, yelling, like, swearing at everybody. My wife was having was like What is the matter with you? You are being a total freak show right now, and it is... Very.
2: I can, I can imagine what you look like. Your your voice. You goes probably octaves. You probably <laughs> you
3: reacted worse in that game than I was during the way, way, Absolutely.
0: way worse. Hundred times worse. I had my shirt over my head. I'm in the living room, like <laughs> screaming and cussing, and she, I wouldn't let her come out of the kitchen for the fourth quarter because the the charges had gotten to stop, and I was worried that it would be bad luck if I let her into the living room. She was I like, have, she, yeah. she, she, I mean, she was fine to stay in there. She had. A, she was listening to her RuPaul podcast or whatever she listens to. Uh, I was like, I had. I had a Philip Rivers by the Philip Rivers doll she gave me uh, for Christmas, like sitting there on the couch as a gag gift. But she gave it to me for Christmas, sitting on the couch. Wouldn't let it move. Was like working around it to get to get stuff I needed. Uh, but uh, incredible performance. Um,
2: tell them why I'm a bad person. Tell what did I tell oh, you? Yeah, you're what like, did
0: Brian you're do? like this game is over. This is over. Then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson has the ball like twenty yards sure. away from a game-winning touchdown. Um Look, the Chargers' defense played out of its mind, having seen in the first half. They they got complacent when they got up big late. Um Philip Rivers played I thought pretty well efficiently. He wasn't outstanding, but he he was under pressure basically all day, and he didn't make. He only made. He the, was great. He yeah. I mean against he
2: one bad throw that short hop in the first half.
0: That that Baltimore defense is. Uh, I mean when they're when they're at, when they're playing at their peak, they're as good as as they're the best defense in football. That's not the Bears, and I thought they played against the Chargers better than the Bears played against the Eagles defensively. Um And I mean, like the way that the Chargers, you see, you get the second look at Lamar Jackson in 15 days, and that offense that they ran, and the Chargers just snuffed him out. New England, they're going to go to New England and play the the Patriots next, and they are they're going to be plus four and a half to open. I like the Chargers' chances going in there. Weirdly enough, I think the story coming out of this game is the Joe Flacco drama and whether or not the the Ravens' Ryan should have gone to Joe Flacco at halftime.
2: I don't understand. People, we are talking about Joe Flacco. Joe <laughs> Flacco went four and five. He got benched. He, has, he said his hip hurt, but he got benched. Lamar Jackson went six and one, and they were steamrolling guys, including the, the Chargers two weeks ago. So he comes out, Lamar Jackson does, and plays like doo But guess who else is playing like doo Everyone else on that offense. So I don't – like they're not blocking anyone. So you're going to put Lamar Jackson, who runs – looks like he runs a 4 2 You're going to put Joe Flacco in there, and what's going to happen? He's going to be throwing the ball backwards. I don't. I mean, I was my mind was blown at how many people were like, "We have to bring Joe Flacco in now to save the season." And credit to John Harbaugh for whatever reason he did it. He didn't do it. He didn't change. And they had the best chance to win with with Lamar Jackson. He got hot late. He is not a great passer, but we knew that. We've known that for two months. So he'll learn. He'll get better in the off season. But the other things he does makes him a very dangerous offense that wouldn't otherwise be the case with with uh, Flacco in there. And not only that, and you pointed this out, Brinson. That Chargers defense was balling out. They had, like, seven D-backs on the field a lot of times. But when you have Durbin James, who's, like, 240 or whatever he is, and 6'3 or 6'4 or whatever, you can have him playing linebacker and just destroying people, and that, that's what they did. So there's no plan for – by the way, do you think they practice all week with Joe Flacco coming in? That offense is completely <laughs> different than Lamar Jackson. She's so going to roll Flacco out there, and everything's going to be, like, 2012 again? It didn't I mean, make any sense.
3: Yeah, and, and it wasn't even just, like, Twitter bringing this up. The fans were booing Lamar Jackson – Coming out in the fourth quarter when they were down 20 points. And how, like, stupid do they have to feel now that Lamar Jackson ended up making a bunch of plays that Joe Flacco's not making when he's scrambling and creating nothing out of, you know, something out of nothing. And I couldn't believe that they are booming Lamar Jackson after they spent years being like, oh my God, we're stuck with this horrible statue back there who is not good enough to overcome um, this poor offense. And then they turn on Lamar Jackson goes six and one. to get you to the playoffs with your only loss coming to the Chiefs in Kansas City in overtime. You steal the division, and suddenly you're having a bad game against a really good team. And you before the game's over, you start booing and you want Joe Flacco to come back in, like before the second quarter is over. And then he proceeds to lead two drives for 155 yards and two touchdowns, and is 50 yards away from you know winning the game. How stupid do you have to feel if you were one of those fans sitting there booing and asking for Joe Flacco? I mean, I mean Ryan's absolutely right. Listen, Joe Flacco would have gotten destroyed in that game because he has no mobility. Uh, Melvin Ingram was all over the field. He Melvin Ingram would have ended Joe Flacco's career if he was in. Like the listen, only reason to put him in is to just you know say goodbye to the Joe Flacco era by just killing him.
0: Listen to this stat line for a Baltimore quarterback as a rookie starting his first game. 9 to 23, that's 39% completion, 135 yards, 59, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, 59.1 passer rating. That's terrible by Lamar. Le- well, uh, that's not Lamar Jackson. That's Joe Flacco's first playoff no. game. He sucked two when he was in the playoffs for the first time. Joe Flacco sucks for his career except for a magical four game run when he lit up the world of the playoffs because the Ravens refused to pay him. He won a freaking Super Bowl with an elite defense and he went on a tear and he sucks since. And I'm like I like I think Joe Flacco said after this game, he was like people were like do you think you should have gone he's like nah man that like lamar is the future he's a classy dude okay and he and absolutely and i and i respect the hell out of joe flacco for telling like the ravens are like we're not going to give you this contract he's like you give it to me if i win a super bowl and he went and won the super bowl and he took the money and he got paid and he's done a, he's done a, he's been a classy guy all year long when he got benched but it is insane to suggest that you should bench your first round pick that you just drafted for a guy you are cutting. Now I get the concept of, you know, we might want to like, like pull all out to try and win this game. But again, was Joe Flacco going to do anything better than what Lamar Jackson did to get him back in that game breach? I don't think so. Uh, well, let me just
1: say as the only slight Joe Flacco defender <laughs> on this podcast oh. right now, uh, Here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say they should have put in. If John Harbaugh had decided to put Joe Flacco in, I would have been fine with that decision. I wouldn't have shot it down like you guys seem to hate it. Sean thinks Flacco would have died. I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and credit Lamar Jackson for having a big final eight minutes because the Chargers were playing off and giving them everything underneath so they would just catch it and run out the clock. Like that's Joe Flacco would have easily done that. Uh, The only impressive play was a broken play on 4th and 11 when he – got lucky and threw a 29-yard pass downfield for a first down and then hit Crabtree for a touchdown on the next one. So Lamar Jackson didn't do anything that impressed me. The thing was the Char- the, the Ravens thought they were going to walk into this game, do exactly what they did last time. Like The Chargers didn't learn anything from the last game and, and walk all over again, and it didn't work. And Lamar Jackson was absolutely ineffective. And for us to say, hey, Joe Flacco had a magical four-game run, Joe Flacco – has been January Joe. We can look at not just that Super Bowl year, 2011. He should have been in the Super Bowl again. AFC title game, Billy Cundiff missed like a 30-yard field goal uh, with three seconds left against the Patriots. 2014, they lose to the Patriots in the visual round, 35-31. 30, Joe Flacco threw four touchdown passes. So it's like the last, I would say, eight games he's played in over three seasons in the playoffs, he's been... January Joe. So if I'm you John
0: Harbaugh, two months.
1: that is also true. But also I don't think the Chargers would have been prepared for him to come in. It's a completely change in dynamic that could have caught them off guard because they're, you know, as you guys were saying, they had the seven defensive backs going the whole time. Uh, they were ready for Lamar Jackson and, and that Ravens offense. So I just think that the curveball that would have been thrown there might have been able to spark the Ravens. But, yeah, you know, uh, John was- Harbaugh
2: John, did you mention what? this or was it someone else? Uh Should they have activated RG3 and not Joe Flacco? Because mm. that, that's a thing you make – I think a, Dubin
3: get, said that.
1: But, okay, yeah. that's – Somebody too. said that in Slack, and that was – and I agreed with it because it was like if you don't – why are you dressing Joe Flacco if you're not going to play him in this situation? It, because, I mean, we can all agree that Lamar Jackson was trash in the first half. No matter how you feel about what Flacco, yeah. whether – yeah, so – uh, You know, put in RG3. So if you need to pull Lamar, you, you're running a similar offense, similar skill set. So why are you dressing Joe Flacco if you're not
0: going to – that's the, that's why you have a backup quarterback. First of all, a couple of things to the Lamar Jackson League. One, people are like, this offense is a gimmick. It'll never work. Lamar can't hit the broadside of a barn. Lamar – Wait, wait,
2: wait. Not, not people. Who is that?
0: Uh- yeah. Pete Prisco and other people on Twitter. Pete's Pete's like, I hate the Twitter police. It's like you are the Twitter police when it <laughs> yeah. suits your when it suits your interest, you crusty old man, um, crusty tan old man. The uh, <laughs> I'd say that to his face, just for the record. Um, so the so the but like I tweeted that Ravens fans were terrible people for booing Lamar Jackson. He's the youngest quarterback to ever start in a playoff game. It's This is not about the system or the run stuff not working or him not being able to complete passes. It's about it's a tough spot to be in against a team he saw 15 days ago that adjusted defensively and a team that is one of the top 10 defenses in the league with Melvin Ingram playing out of his mind. Seven tackles and two sacks. I mean, Melvin Ingram, like if you put Joe Flacco behind that line, Joe Flacco is dead because Melvin Ingram is is teeing off on him. And those receivers were only able to get open late in that game because Lamar Jackson was able to give them time to create separation and free when he was running around. So to me... Yeah, and he also fumbled five times when he was running around. Three
3: times,
1: British.
0: Okay. Before. Get it right. well, he fumbled
3: three, and then uh, <laughs> Gus Edwards fumbled. I think part of the reason, though, you play Lamar is because... He it's got you there. About this, it's not just about this year. And yes, I think yes. when you're down 23-20, I don't care if Flacco comes in and if he's actually good. Like, you're not going to win that game, you know, 99 times out of 100. So you're down and 23, so I think, three, but I think those whatever. last five minutes of that game are actually pretty – I don't believe in, like, momentum carrying over to next year. But I think in terms of his confidence and playoff experience, I think, like, it matters. Those last few minutes matter. And, like, he played – Really bad for three and a half quarters. There's no way around that. But I think the, what he did on those last two drives, uh, before, uh, to, to go down and score touchdowns, I think that could matter next year. And I think if you were to bench him at that point and you're bringing in a guy you're going to cut, I think, you know, I think that's something that stays with Lamar Jackson all offseason. And I think this could be a good, you know, development step for him for next year because he's going to be there next year and he's going to be the year after that. And now he has really good postseason experience. It did, you know, it didn't work out with the win. Uh, but he showed something there at the very end.
1: Yeah. And, and by- I'll just say that – just real quick. that This is an offense that's absolutely difficult to prepare for, the Ravens offense. And they just got the short end of the stick because they were playing the only defense in the NFL that was already prepared for them. So, you know, like i putting Flacco stats out there. But I, I do like Lamar Jackson. He is the future in Baltimore. And they just got a horrible, horrible draw. Yep. I, I think they could have played against and probably won against any other AFC playoff team. Uh, except the one they played two weeks ago that already knew exactly what they were going to do. The,
3: the, the Char- Chargers were 12-4. and four. They yeah. have the same record as the top seed in the AFC. They're not a, a traditional wildcard team. This is a division winner Super Bowl caliber team that
0: they got bad luck that they had to play because of the playoff format.
2: the Ravens were 2 4 hours ago. The, ra- so. the
0: Chargers are the the most complete team by advanced metrics. Yes. Like they're the only team that Football Outsiders ranks as a top 10 offense and top 10 defense. They have talent at every oh, level. Oh,
2: you forgot you forgot Michael uh, Michael Bagley. Is that his name? Bagley? What's Bagley's
0: lights out, man. Mom, the money money Badger? Badger. The Money, the Badger. Badger. money, Badger. money, Badger. money Badger. Yeah. Badger. How much we would you how, would you trade Khalil Mack and Mitch Trubisky to to no stop it stop it we moved <laughs> that man the troll session is open You've had <laughs> didn't, your I didn't troll you we've been at all. on here long enough we got to get two more two more games going right, yeah. we're not doing right. hypotheticals
2: has got a, a bar to be before at
0: before we get to the other games oh, by, oh, by the way really quick though, one more thing on Lamar Jackson not to linger on it but I think that John Harbaugh too. He said it when he was asked by Tracy Wolfson at halftime on the NFL on CBS broadcast. And he was like, I can't answer that question. I understand why you have to ask it. I'm not going to answer it. John Harbaugh knew that if he played Joe Flacco and lost the game, then he is not coming back to Baltimore. If he, if you give up on Lamar Jackson in his first playoff game and play Joe Flacco, you're, you're done. There's no extension coming if you lose. Now, if you win, you go win in New England or, or go and win in, um, in Kansas City with Lamar, maybe back on the table and you can have discussions. But I think playing Lamar Jackson gives him a better chance to get that contract extension that he wants or at least be able to say, Hey, look, I can make this work with Lamar. That's, that's my, that's my take can on I, it.
3: What do you guys think about Chargers, Patriots? Well, that's week. what I was going to ask you. I,
0: that was my, I was, I, I'm,
3: just, I am the host now.
0: Okay, good. Is that, a, that was you a just, weird need to get a
3: Jedi
2: mind trick.
0: Is on that him. a Westworld move? Um, no.
3: So it was half Jedi and then half like the Captain Phillips. Like I am the captain uh, now. I am the
0: captain now. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm really Sean, bad at this. Sean, do stuff. you think the Phil- the, uh, the Philadelphia Chargers, this Los Angeles Chargers, can go into New England and beat the Patriots, where they haven't played in the postseason since 2007?
3: I do. I think they're going to win. I do I, too. I, I think. I mean, I think they're going to the Super Bowl because I think. They might not be the best on offense in the AFC, but they are. I think they're the only complete team in the AFC. And I, I really think, um, if with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, I really do think Brady could be in for a really bad day. Um, and I think the Chargers are good enough offensively that you know they get it done. I think it'll be a close game. I would. I don't know what the line's going to be. It's, uh, uh, it's, probably... it's
0: Patriots minus four and a half. Very quickly on that, if I may, before you pass it around the horn here. I, could just look, I just looked this up.
3: Oh, uh, you're okay. You go go for it. I'll let you talk.
0: No, I'm, but I'm, so this is gonna be the first time since uh, since 2000. This will be just the second time since the 2011 season that the Patriots are not at least a seven point favorite in a divisional round game at home. Uh, bear in mind they play in the division round at home every year because they had the bye. 13 and 16, 4.5. It was against Kansas City when they beat Andy Reid by seven points. Seven, seven, nine and a half, 13. Oh no, excuse me. Yeah, so it's just the second time since 2007 since they aren't a touchdown favorite or more. And they are six and one against the spread since 2011. Pretty stunning stuff, Sean.
3: Yeah, I just I think the Chargers are by far the better team, and I think if you remove history and you you know and and I know you can't because what Brady has done in the postseason, what Belichick has done matters. But I think if you just were to strip strip away the titles from these two teams and compare the players, compare what they did for this season, I think you would say the line should be closer to even because I I think the Chargers are that much better than the Patriots. That being said, I'm not dismissing the idea of the Chargers, chargers eating it up and Brady going all Brady on them. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I just think that gap in talent is too too substantial.
1: Sean, the, the Chargers don't have any titles to strip away. That's true. That's true.
0: It's true. Yeah. Well, look, titles are stripped, guys. Ryan, do, <laughs> Ryan, are, are you, you've been somebody that's been tormented by the, the Patriots nonstop for the last decade? Is like, like, I don't mean that trollingly, just you would have more Super Bowl wins as a Steelers fan if the Patriots and Bill Belichick didn't did exist. Right. Um, do you think that Philip Rivers can go in there and win this game?
2: Yeah. He was back there in 07, as you pointed out. He played valiantly in that game without an ACL. I'm our resident ACL guru. That that means a whole lot to me, as Sean shakes his head. I'm an ACL survivor. Should we talk about that? <laughs> but seriously, though, uh, here's the issue. The the Patriots have not lost at home this year, which isn't necessarily unusual, but it is sort of in the sense that this team isn't as good as recent teams. So this this Patriots team I don't think is very good. And Sean sort of hit on it. I think the Chargers are much better. I don't think Gillette Stadium is going to be the advantage – that it might have been in years past. We just saw what the Chargers did uh, at MT Bank Stadium, where it was extremely loud for 12 or 13 or 14 minutes. But it got loud, and it didn't seem to bother the Chargers at all. One thing I would point out, and Kevin Clark of the Ringer has been making this point recently, usually home teams have advantages in big games because they get the calls that the away teams don't. And we've seen that happen, and we see it happen every time there's a game in Gillette Stadium. And rarely does it go against the Patriots. So that could be a turning point could be some nonsense like we saw in the Bears game with the fumble that was ruled incomplete. It could be uh, you know a block in the back that isn't called that ruined the Steelers season against the Chargers, which you guys remember very well and ruined ruined the rest of my 2018. But, uh, yeah, very easily could they go in there and win. The spread's four and a half. So uh, clearly the smart people think that it's going to be a close football game.
1: Uh, I'll just say, look, the Patriots divisional round. They're 9-1 and one in their past 10 divisional round games. That's because you give Bill Belichick a week to prepare. He knows exactly what he's going up against. He knows exactly what he needs to do to stop him, and that's what that guy does. You give him all that time, and so he's going to come up with something that is going to— I mean, Brady's 7-0 and against Phillip Rivers in his career. It's just one of those things where— and, We've seen it with Wilson Steelers against the Patriots, where they're just in your head before the game even starts. And so the Chargers are going to go in there just knowing, hey, we've never been able to beat New England. The mystique, like the mystique is real. And the other thing I will say, even though people could disagree with this, is that I I still worry about the West Coast thing, the 10 a.m. start time. I know that everybody will be like, oh, well, the Chargers were winning. The Chargers should have been up 35 to nothing at halftime of this game. They were gifted a fumble uh, early in the first quarter, that should have been an easy touchdown. Couldn't get anything. I think they got 12 yards. They had to kick a field goal. Uh, they just were gifted good field position after good field position and couldn't do anything with it. I mean, the offense looked bad in the first half, and the only reason they were up is because the Ravens just kept shooting themselves in the foot, shooting themselves in the arm, and then eventually shot themselves in the chest. So it was just, you know, the Ravens were doing everything for the Chargers, you know?
2: But, John, when you say the defenses are slightly different between those two teams?
1: The Ravens and the Patriots? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but I would also say that the Patriots aren't going to turn the ball over three times and give the Chargers points like the Ravens did. So, you know, I I mean, I think this score is going to be in the 20s, maybe 27-20, 27-24, but... Uh, you yeah, know, I would absolutely take the Patriots. Uh,
0: just running through very quickly, and I'm trying to do this as best I can, uh, depending on, cause I'm, I'm trying So to... not very well. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not opening up the box scores, I'm just looking at the, the games. So Marcus Mariota, um, 2017 would have been Brock Osweiler, Alex Smith, Joe Flacco, Andrew Luck in 20, 2014, basically his second season, uh- Spygate t- baby. Um, that 2013 game against the Texans would have been. No, sorry, that was
2: Deflategate. Sorry, I don't want to. Yeah,
0: that would have sorry. been Matt. There's Sh- a lot of scandals. That was, okay. all right, Matt Schaub, and then uh, Denver. So these are these are the recent games that the Patriots have played at home that they've covered against, and then Denver was Tim Tebow.
2: That's, oh yeah, those are those
0: are the that was after they beat the Patriots, the Steelers. I don't know if you remember that. By the way, let me
2: make this point real um, quick.
0: But, but uh, River, what what I was saying is that Rivers is something the Patriots usually don't see at home in these divisional round matchups. He is a better quarterback. Belichick has feasted on questionable young quarterbacks in these early round matchups with two weeks to prepare. And I think Rivers relishes the opportunity to go up there and just be man on man. We got better guys. Let's go beat the secondary. Belichick's not going to throw a bunch of stuff at me to confuse me. And it's just going to come down to can the Chargers execute in the red zone?
2: Yeah. No, I want to say quickly, you're right about that. And um, I, two things. Bill Rivers, first down celebration was the best celebration of the year. <laughs> and number number two, if the Texans had beaten the Eagles in the regular season, the Patriots wouldn't have had a first round by. So that's why we're where we are. And they gave away that game. They had a chance to win it. The Patriots backdoor their way into that. First, it makes me almost as angry as Matt Patricia job. But that's where we're at. <laughs>
0: All right, let's take a quick break. Then we'll hit up Saturday's games. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at Hyundaiusa.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The Seattle Seahawks, a miraculous cover, but not a win. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski got hurt and they were first forced to go for two multiple two point conversions. The Cowboys closed minus two and a half. And so the Seahawks scored a not a garbage time touchdown, but they had no timeouts left and had to kick an onside kick. Uh, Janikowski's out of the game. They get within four points. Traditionally, almost always, you would kick the extra point, and they didn't have Janikowski. They didn't trust, uh, Michael Dixon, their Aussie rules rookie punter, to be able to make, or from Texas, even he's Australian, uh, to be able to make a, a drop extra point kick. Breaches is basically kicker porn for you. Um, they didn't trust, uh, you know, they didn't trust him to kick an extra point. They showed him at halftime he was missing all over the place, and so they went for two. But really a, I don't know, is the bigger story that the Cowboys defense is great, or that Brian Schottenheimer, uh As we haven't said on the podcast yet, Ryan pooped his pants and just kept running the ball over and over again.
2: It was just insane. Sean, Sean,
0: Sean, just popped Did the ball. Pop. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was I
2: thought that was a sound effect added by Princeton. <laughs> <Poop.
0: Well, laughs> no, it was like pooped his pants. <laughs> Pooping <laughs> the <laughs> pants sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. Pooped his
2: pants. I uh, know. I
3: guess what you guys are talking about.
2: Yeah, no. Sch- Schottenheimer deserves
0: that's a, a four player. roses cork. I know that
3: sound. They oh, anyway. yeah, added the cork. It used to be twist off. This is like a new thing. Yeah.
2: But uh, I don't say people should be fired lightly unless, unless, of course, it's Matt Patricia. But Brian (laughs) Schottenheimer has some questions to answer. And, you know, Pete Carroll's sitting there right next to him. So clearly he was okay with the way the game plan's going. And we should point out that's the game plan they had for the first 16 games of the season. No one really said anything. But it wasn't working against the Cowboys, whose defense was just kicking the the, um, Seahawks' arse all over the field. And they made no adjustments. And, uh, Brenton, I think he pointed this out on the last drive. He said, we'll finally get to see what this offense looks like when they throw the ball with Russell Wilson. And it looked pretty good. So I don't know why – you know what, what Russell Wilson can do. He's been in the league since 2012, I think. But we know also that Brian Schottenheimer is a lot like his dad, and he's going to run the ball 95% of the time no matter what, no matter what year it is, no matter who you're facing. And this time it didn't work out for them. And it seemed pretty obvious early on that it wasn't going to work out. But no adjustments were made, and um they just kept running to a brick wall. So it seemed like to me you would want to change that, but I don't know. Maybe they like Schottenheimer. Maybe they'll bring him back.
0: It was just disappointing – think- Sean, that they didn't, like you saw what they could have done multiple yeah. times when they needed, when they were like, Oh crap, we're running out of time. Let's throw the ball. It's like you're Russell Wilson's carving this defense up. Like the only way you can beat the Cowboys is by getting the, they play this, this single high safety stuff where the deep ball is there and Russell Wilson was, is one of the best deep ball throwers in football. And they just kept running Rashad Penny and, and Car- Chris Carson into a brick wall. It's so stupid.
3: Yeah, I, I I was trying to find who tweeted it, but uh, someone on Seahawks Twitter who writes for somewhere was tweeting about how the thing about the Seahawks is that they um, they only try to score when they absolutely need to score. And like you That's saw right. that on that final drive, they come down and they, and they do score. And I actually blame a lot of this on Pete Carroll because I, I think Ryan's right that, yes, this is Schottenheimer wanting to run the ball. But I think they're running the offense Pete Carroll wants to run because they've done this for a decent part of the season i mean they were second they were leading the league in rushing attempts until the ravens made the move to lamar jackson so they've spent the entire season trying to establish the run and at a certain point when you're going up against a good defense like that your best player is russell wilson you got to stop just banging into the offensive line and so the funny thing is is the game ended and i texted my dad who is who is a seahawks fan and i was like so what are your thoughts and then you know on iMessages how when someone's typing, like the three dots like pop up, mm-hmm. he was legit typing for three minutes. <laughs> um, and uh, it was, it was a shorter response than I was expecting, but the, the main takeaway was just like, why are they running on, you know, first down to get a yard? And then they run on second down and then suddenly Seattle's offensive line when it's third and seven just isn't good enough. I mean, they've made improvements, but
0: they're still not good enough. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. That was Cody Parkey's exit. That
3: sounded like nothing but wind. That
0: was booze. That was Bears worst, worst
2: podcast producer ever.
0: That was Bears Everyone
3: has turned off the podcast. By they're
0: now. like, ah, Brinson broke the podcast again. Sorry, yeah, that was terrible. But that that but was Cody yeah, yeah, no, so Parkey. I think
3: Schottenheimer's it. coming back because I think that – I think the Seahawks like this offense for whatever reason. Um So I don't think they're going to blame him because I think Schottenheimer is running the offense Pete Carroll wants to run. I think in some, in a, in, it's, I think the comparison I think you can make is between like Mike Zimmer and Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll's better coach. I mean, he's had more success, but they both are defensive guys who like the idea of, you know, quote, establishing the run. And at a certain point, establishing the run doesn't really matter that much. And you gotta, you know, it's a passing lead. You gotta pass to win.
1: And the thing about their offense is that it's basically designed to have Russell Wilson bail them out, which is almost a huge irony here because, like, against the Cowboys, Sean just said, you know, they're handing it off on first down, they're handing it off on second down, and if that didn't work, it was, okay, well, let's just let Russell do something, and, and they'll, him and Tyler will draw up a play in the huddle, and they'll get the first down, and then we can run it again on first and second down and do this thing all over for the entire game. It didn't make any sense. I mean, Chris Carson had eight carries for 16 yards at halftime. You're averaging two yards Per carry in the first half, maybe you go into halftime and say, "Hey, let's uh, let Russell do something in the second half. Let's use him a little bit more." But no, they just kept sticking to it, sticking to it, sticking to it, and it did not work. You know, if Sean's right and that's exactly what Pete Carroll wanted, then obviously Brian Schottenheimer is not going to face any repercussions. But uh, I mean, this 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 was such a bad performance from the Seahawks offense and the play caller that you know you would think that someone should maybe lose their job for this. And real quick on the Cowboys, I want to say that Ezekiel Elliott basically won this game for them. We had, I thought the biggest sequence, maybe not in the game, but kind of turned the game was that right before halftime, the Seahawks or the Cowboys were driving and it looked like maybe they were just going to let the half run out. And then Zeke broke off a 40 yard run uh that put them in Seahawks territory. And all of a sudden the Cowboys like, okay, well now we're going to score a touchdown. And then Dak Prescott through a, a touchdown pass to Michael Gallup, and then all of a sudden you're up 10 to 6 at halftime instead of trailing 6 to 3, which was a big deal. And then obviously, uh, the Cowboys possession at the end of the game in the fourth quarter when they were just handing it to Zeke and handing it to Zeke. I think he had five carries for 31 yards. That was the one where Dak had the conversion on third and 12. Uh, so, you know, that is when your run game's working, that was the example of keep giving your guy the ball. And that's exactly what the Cowboys did. And then the Seahawks, complete opposite. It was just totally mind boggling, as was Michael Dixon's onside kick.
2: By the way, uh, Zeke hit 21 miles an hour according to the next gen stats on that run that Breach was talking about. Uh, your boy, Phillip Rivers, on his nine yard gallop, <laughs> 16.1 miles per hour. No that's, way.
0: That's pretty fast. According the next gen stats. How, did you just look that up?
2: I saw it during the game. Uh, next gen tweeted it. Also, uh, uh, our shame. buddy Warren Sharp, who's really smart. 8.3 8.3 yards per, he was uh, actually
0: on this podcast, this podcast okay. before cool. the season. I just want to
3: make sure we're not claiming to be and buddies with him. his
0: two best bets of the year, you know what they were? What? Colts over, Bears over, season win totals. And oh, he's a friend of mine then. Yeah, he nailed them. So
2: Russell Wilson, uh, 8.3 yards per attempt in that game against Cowboys. Twenty-one nine Wilson runs. Uh, those are t- Wilson passes. Twenty-one nine Wilson runs, 2.8 yards per carry. So to, to sort of underline Breach's point. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer had a tough night.
3: Well, here's the funny thing is I took the Seahawks to win this game because I was like, one, Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott. And this maybe this is w- obviously way too simplistic the way you're looking at it. But the other thing, I was like, I'm going to take Pete Carroll over Jason Garrett in a playoff game every single time because I will bet you at some point Jason Garrett's going to turtle up and he's going to run the ball and settle for a field goal. And it was the Seahawks who did that pretty much the entire game um, and not the Cowboys. So. Well, and also let me just
1: say this real quick because you brought that up. And that's exactly what I thought when I talked about that Zeke touch on right before the end of the first half. That came after a sequence where the Cowboys tried a 58 yard field goal and everybody's like, what are you doing? Just punt the ball. Uh, you know, and then the Seahawks turned around, took that miss and got a field goal of their own, which gave them a 6-3 lead. So at that point, everybody was questioning Jason Garrett, like, what is going on? He has no idea what he's doing. And then. Seek gets a 41-yard run in their next possession instead of it going halftime 6-3 with Garrett making a dumb decision. The Cowboys look smart because they're up
0: 10-6. I thought the Seahawks could have easily won that game with, like, I mean, I get, I get that the Cowboys were the better team. Were they, were they the better team? They were the better team, right? They were the better team. Yeah,
3: I mean, if you factor in coaching and play calling, that that's part
2: of a
0: team. And We're going into that a game.
2: game, Seattle, I thought was the cow.
0: Cal- it was it was crazy seeing the Cowboys get aggressive as the Seahawks continue to run into the line. Like I it's thought like coaches flipped. Yeah, right? well, I mean, like I thought maybe I stupid maybe I stupidly talked myself into believing this would happen. I thought that they would come out and. Run, read option early, and go play action up top early to try and get the the Cowboys to back off the line of scrimmage. And they didn't do that, and and as a result, um, you know, Dow, I mean, Dallas got aggressive. That third down draw to Dak Prescott where he scored to put them up uh, ten instead of having to kick a field goal. That was a ballsy play call. It worked perfectly, perfectly timed, and it probably sealed the deal. Because I think if the Cowboys had kicked a field goal there, Russell Wilson was going to go down to the other end and win the game. And they would have. I don't know. Would they have kicked an extra point there if they tied it at six all? Or gone for two? I don't know. Uh Final game, the most boring game. And yeah. Wait, real quick. Wait, oh, yeah. can we oh, yeah. say if who's get, do you think they can beat the Rams? I can't believe the Cowboys are seven point dogs in Los Angeles. It's Rams minus seven. That's is that a lot little? or little. That's a lot. Yeah, I think, it's think a lot. so. The Rams have it. The Rams have to run in order to win. Like the Rams' strength is they have to set up that outside zone to Todd Gurley and be able to create play action. Listen,
2: like Breach said about Belichick, Sean McVay has two
0: weeks. That's fine, but like, the, the Cowboys, the Cowboys defensive linemen and their linebackers are studs. And they're gonna, they're gonna flow to that stuff and stop Todd Gurley. They're gonna blow up the screen game. And if they, if the Rams can't establish the run and they're getting pressure on Jared Goff, the Cowboys are gonna win this game. And the Cow, the, I, I love the, I love the Cowboys in this spot. I think the Cowboys are gonna win. I think That's they are
1: a, too. I, I wanna throw, like, this also could sound crazy, but along the lines of the Ravens Chargers, how, hey, the, Ravens had to come around and play the Chargers again. The Chargers knew exactly what they were up against. I almost think the Rams would have preferred to play the Bears because you know they took a punch to the face a few weeks ago, but they knew exactly what the Bears were going to throw at them. And Sean McVay is a smart coach. He would have known how to attack it in warm weather this time. Uh, And and the Cowboys make this whole thing a wild card. And I agree with you guys that the Cowboys are probably the upset pick
0: here.
2: I don't know if I'm on that boat yet.
0: Do you think they'll, well, do think it's leaving the doc, Wilson, though. so you better get on. I know, it. I got I gotta make a decision. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, look, the Rams aren't good, uh, don't get me wrong, I think the Rams are, I think the Rams are the better team, probably? But yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think so.
2: Right? Have? Yeah, of course. Robert Woods is the best wide receiver <laughs> in the NFL. Ryan
0: is just traumatized from losing to Robert but, Woods. But, but look, but I'm just saying. Hey. Just think about the matchups here, right? Like the the biggest strength of the Rams on their defense is Aaron Donald and the ability of him to blow up defensive lines. Well, the Cowboys have Zach Martin and great guys on the inside, and so if they can if they can double team Aaron Donald and they can they run. They They
2: have Fowler. ebucon came on out of nowhere. Well, we
0: this, saw the Cowboys you know manhandle the Saints offense
3: they can they are capable if they play their best of man if turning this into a 13-7 type of game and I think over the last month we've seen what pressure does to Jared Goff and so if you can take away Gurley and I think they have the linebackers you know to pursue Gurley and if they can take that away and if you want to bet on I don't know how much better Jared Goff is under pressure than Dak Prescott I, I, I really don't know that
0: yeah, I, I, sure. I, look, the Rams might win. I mean, this is a yeah, yeah. this is a major coaching mismatch in terms of Sean McVay against Jason Garrett, um, and Dak Prescott against Wade Phillips. Don't get me wrong, I I'm on board with that. Wade Phillips, you think Wade Phillips wants revenge on Jason Garrett, who Game of Thrones him in Dallas so many years ago? I want Wade Phillips to take him down. Remember that was like who pe-
2: Wade Phillips in Game of Thrones?
0: Um, Baratheon, obviously Robert Baratheon. How do, like, how do you he's like, the, oh, how do you like a I think it's Varies. I was going to say Varies yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Just
3: because that's kind fine, of, that's fine. Just The look has the same.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> it, he's we, bald in real life. Too. No, 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 it makes sense. Because so, no, if,
3: is always like, I'm a good advisor. I'm a good like assistant, but I can never be in charge. And Varies is like, I can advise the king, but I would never want power. So I, I think it's a good
0: comparison. But, but, but Varies also really does want power and Wade really does want to win with the Cowboys. By the way, Wade has a better winning percentage than Jason Garrett as Cowboys coach. Really? I, I yeah, of course he does. Yeah, Jason Garrett stinks, man. So does Shan. Then he just beat
2: Shan Gilio. Yep.
0: Um, seven is too much, though. I think seven is. I think seven is too many points. And I think the Cowboys. It's the over under. The over under in that game.
2: Forty seven.
0: Forty nine. Ooh, I'm good. Um, that's too high, right? Over- I mean, you guys.
2: Why are you guys sleeping on McVeigh all of a sudden?
0: The Rams haven't looked uh, good. Did you see him
1: coach against the Falcons in last year's playoffs? The Saints haven't looked good over last month
2: either. as said, Eber. <laughs> the Saints haven't looked great over the last month either.
0: I, I, look, I, two weeks to prepare for McVay. I, I I just think that the problem is if the Cowboys can get pressure on, um, on on Jared Goff and Cooper Cup's not out there. And I don't know, man. I, look, look. I'll say this. I'll say this. We talk about what the Seahawks did wrong and how they approached the Cowboys game incorrectly. Sean McVay won't do that. And if you have, if you need somebody to exploit the, the, the mismatches in the secondary of the, of the, the Cowboys, it's Brandon Cooks. So if Jared Goff can get some protection and can get the ball deep to Brandon Cooks, then I think the Rams could route them. But I just think seven points is too much, I, especially for a team like the Cowboys. It's public. It always makes you nervous that it's seven points.
2: Ram, and the Rams' interior offensive line is doo-doo, so that's also worth noting.
0: Right, exactly. All right, moving along to the final game of the weekend. Did I miss anything really else? Really quick, Rams 28th against the run by DVOA. Yeah, it's uh, it shouldn't be seven points is the, is the point here. Um, so on, let's just get that Rams. Let's get that Cowboys bet in right now while we can at plus seven. Um, anyway, the final game of the season, final game of the uh, final game of the week, the, the least the least exciting game of the week, but kind of cool in a holy crap. The Colts just strangled the Texans in Houston. In a, basically a divisional rubber match where, you know, they were underdogs for some ridiculous reason. 21-7 Colts. The Colts came out and scored 21 first uh, excuse me, 14, first, 14 first quarter points on a pair of marches where Frank Wright had this team schemed up, ready to go. Um, you know, and then, then they come out and, and scores again on an Andrew Luck pass to Dontrell Enman. Inman. Deshaun Watson did not find the end zone until the fourth quarter. The Colts defense with led by, you know, coached up by Matt Aberflush was dominant. And, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. I think that just like the Cowboys can go beat the Rams, I think the Colts can go beat the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we had three or four underdog winners outright breach in this coming divisional round weekend. I
1: mean, absolutely. If you're the Chiefs and you're Andy Reid, you're going to have nightmares. This is the worst matchup that you could have possibly drawn in the divisional round. You look at what the Chiefs aren't good at. Hey, their passing defense kind of got shredded this year. Andrew Luck has been using T.Y. Hilton – and his merry band of receivers, and just throwing all over everyone. And, you know, we saw Marlon Mack go for 148 yards against the Texans. Well, guess what the Chiefs aren't very good at? Stopping the run. They're giving up, like, five yards per carry, which was one of the worst uh, numbers in the NFL. So it's like the Colts are literally built to stop or to move the ball on the Chiefs. So, I mean, this feels like it's going to be a shootout and one of those who has the ball last? I mean, we saw the Chiefs and Colts play that crazy 45-44 game a few years ago, and it wouldn't be surprising at all if we see something like that uh, this time around.
2: Uh, Andrew Luck was sacked zero times. Sixth time this year he was sacked zero times. Uh, Deshaun Watson, by the way, sacked three times. Uh, I think in four – let's see. He's been sacked four more times, like in seven or eight games. Something insane. So I think the ta- one of the takeaways is if you're Bill O'Brien, other than you need to be a better play caller, is that do you follow the Chris Ballard – Uh, playbook and just draft offensive linemen and solve that offensive line in one fell swoop because that's what turned around the offense for the Colts in 2018. They also got Darius Leonard in the second round, which uh, certainly helped their defense a lot. But the, the Texas defense is fine. I think it's just a matter of fixing that offense behind Deshaun Watson. He has to quit running so much. Uh, he has two bad ACLs. I know this because uh, I, too, am a— Stop fan. it. <laughs> but, uh, but for real, that, they never had a chance to win that football game. They were, uh, DeJuan was running for his life, short hopping passes all around, and when he started playing well, it, it was too late. And I love— the, Sorry. I, say I love everything that the Colts did, and I think they do have a chance to go into Kansas City.
3: Really quick on the Texans' comment, if we if they want to fix the offensive line, I think if you're trying to use the Colts model, you probably want to swap out the head coach who is calling plays because— it wasn't just um yes the colt's offensive line personnel has gotten better but if you look at luck's just time when he's getting rid of the ball under frank reich he gets rid of the ball really quickly it's just an offense built on short timing routes um where if you watch the texans offense that is not what they're doing Um uh, i i think i think that i think the chiefs are going to kill him i i i really do and i think for as well as andrew luck has played i think patrick Mahomes has been on an entirely different level than anyone else and I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to get a bunch of stops, but I I think the Chiefs are going to drop like 40 points on them, and I think the Colts will get like 28 or something. But I think it's a two touchdown game. Why
0: That's do you, you, why why do, you, why do you think that the Colts will? Well, Eberflus' defense is
2: a cover two. Just keep them in front of you and tackle them. So doesn't that sort of play into what Andy Reid does? No one no
3: one can usually keep Tyreek Kill in front of them. I just I just I think we're maybe I I, I just think the Chiefs are by far the best team in the AFC. They're not the most complete team, but I think offensively that I think I, – I like the Colts, but I think the Colts also had this big run to get into the playoffs against a pretty easy schedule. I mean, we were talking about it before they made the run. We are just looking at the schedule saying they might be able to make a run here. And I think the Chiefs are an entirely different beast, and I think you give Andy Reid – what do we say about Andy Reid off the bye? And this is Andy Reid off the bye. I bet that doesn't count on the playoffs. Uh, I, That's a fair, very fair point. I guess Andy Reid could – I guess what I'm counting on is – Andy Reid won't have a chance to go all Andy Reid in the playoffs if he has Patrick Mahomes because I I really think they're gonna be able to put up points. And
2: did anyone pick the Texans to win that game oh, among us?
3: Uh, no, we oh. we clean sweep with the oh. uh, Colts
1: because
2: there were two fourth downs in the first half that they totally doo dooed up. Uh, the first one's in midfield and they went for it on fourth and four, which you got credit to Bill O'Brien and of course Deshaun through an interception. And then at the end of the first half, it, they had a ch- it was like f- they were at the nine yard line in fourth fourth and goal perhaps, but whatever it was. Deshaun threw a terrible pass in the end zone that not even Dre Hopkins could catch, and, and that obviously cost them both points um, coming and going. So uh they messed up there, and it was just sort of a snowball effect after that. But I think Sean's actually onto something about what do you want your quarterback to do? Because they ran Bruce Arians out of Pittsburgh because he had Roethlisberger taking 27-step drops, and he kept getting murdered. And Deshaun Watson takes a lot of hits. He was sacked 65 times this year. That's That's nuts. I mean, that can't happen. So... Uh, I don't think there's a situation. I don't think Bill O'Brien's job's in jeopardy. I don't, they're <laughs> not going to make him hire an offensive coordinator. No, no. So it's going to be the same old, same old. So you just have to hire, you have to find a really good offensive line that can protect for five seconds and then go from there.
3: Yeah, By the way, all first time playoff quarterbacks have lost so far, right? Trubisky, uh, um, Watson and who am I blanking? Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. And this will obviously be Patrick Mahomes' first postseason athlete.
0: i I do think that. I would be interested in taking the Colts in the first half of this game against the Chiefs because if you and I don't I don't know how it holds up at ho, in home games, but I think Mahomes has looked a little jittery on big prime time stages on the road. He's been fine early. at home, yeah. Um, but early, like you know, like the one o'clock games in Pittsburgh, he didn't give a crap. Like he was just bombing it all over the place. But when you saw him in Denver to start against a good defense that's able to do some stuff early on, he he did struggle. So um, what's the
2: overall spread?
0: The overall spread for that game is Chiefs minus six. It opened at five and has been moved up. The over-under was fifty-six. I like the, I like the Chiefs. What are you ups. guys taking? I like the Chiefs. Uh, go ahead, Breach.
1: I'll take the over as long as it stays under <laughs> 80. And I, I probably lean Colts right now. I, 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 le-
0: I lean Colts too. I think that. You'll win either of you guys or just to cover? I oh, think to win. I'm, really? okay. i think. Really? I'm thinking about it. I, look, when you look at the teams that have given The Chiefs trouble over the final few weeks of the season. I mean they're really only two like they didn't cover a whole lot. There's they lost twice in the final three weeks of the season, which is sort of shocking when you consider the year they had. And they should have lost three times after their week twelve bye. Um they barely beat the Ravens. And So they beat the Raiders twice after their bye, and then the other three games were the Ravens, a game that they won in overtime, and the Ravens are a methodical, run-heavy offense that likes to control the clock and pound it physically. Then they lost to the Chargers, who are very methodical, and that ended up being a shootout 29-28, and the Chiefs had them in a good spot and kind of gagged that one away, but the Chargers are a methodical offense like that. And then they lost to the Seahawks in Seattle, and Seattle is exactly that, too. They were a methodical Plotting run-heavy offense. Where were all Run- those games played? Two were in Kansas City and one was oh. in Seattle. Um, and then they beat, they blew up the Raiders in the final week of the season. Now, look, I'm not saying that the Chiefs won't win this, but I think the Colts are much closer to those type of teams in terms of how they will attack them, and that I, I think Frank Wright will have. Designs coming out of the gate early to get Andrew Luck in favorable positions to give him easy throws. I think they will use Quentin Nelson to teabag the, the mess out of the the the, the defensive lineman. Now? You know you know what his nickname is, right? Uh No, you don't know what his you don't know what his nickname is.
2: You just asked me and I said no. Nothing's changed in the last three seconds.
0: <laughs> his nickname is Earl Gray. Oh, <laughs> that should be my guy. Yeah, because he teabags everybody. I don't know if that's herbal tea. I thought you yeah, only drank no, it's it's not non herbal, caffeine.
2: To but, the same family. I
0: don't but, know if, you, if your doctor will let you have caffeine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, look. look oh, I'm like Nelson.
0: Well, I think, I think what's going to – if I was taking – if I were going to bet on the Chiefs, if I were interested in betting on the Chiefs and I was somebody who was wagering this, I would wait and see how the game started. And see if the Colts could get a stop or get the ball first and go down and score because I think the Colts will score when they have the ball and they will probably do so in pretty methodical fashion and melt the clock. I so actually, maybe they
2: do a Lamar Jackson uh, Ravens approach and just eat up clock, they run the ball a bunch, of Marlon Mack short passes, and just that's keep
3: what up. the Chargers did when they beat them at Arrowhead. They just didn't let Mahomes. This is, Mahomes
2: had a
0: really good statistical game. He just didn't have the ball. That this much. is literally what I was just saying. I literally said these words about you the, listening. I that. know clearly, but I'm saying <laughs> like the Colts fit the mold of a team that can give the, the Chiefs. Troubles in terms of limiting the amount of time that Patrick Mahomes can have the ball and taking advantage of the league's worst rush defense. So I don't know. I think the Colts could win this game. I, I would. I would take the Colts in the points. I think it's too many.
1: Yes, sir. and I mean you can't discount how bad the Chiefs have been in the playoffs. How badly Andy Reid somehow chokes in the fourth quarter of every playoff game, and we saw them blow a twenty-one to three lead to a Titans team that probably had that was the last Titans team that we ever thought anyone would see come back from 18 points. And, and you know, and they come back and win that game last year. We saw him blow that huge lead against the Colts a few years ago. And, and yes, Alex Smith was the quarterback of both those teams, but Andy Reid is still the coach. And you see him in the second half. A lot of times he's, He he just kind of, uh, He starts running the ball. He starts trying to run out the clock. He completely just loses himself, and it's almost like he's been there so many times you would think he'd have this all figured out by now, but he does not, and if I, like, had to pick a coach in this game, I would probably take Frank Reich with Andy Reid's uh, postseason coaching history.
2: He's uh, quietly the most stylish coach in the NFL with that beard, and when he has his hat off, his fancy hair did too, so hats off to you, Frank Reich, literally.
1: Uh, And these guys are all making faces, so you don't agree with me.
2: No, by I think, you're of,
1: on. Reed over Reich?
3: Yeah, I, I think. I, I disagree with everything what was you and have said. What's the coaching advantage in this
1: game? I, I, think,
3: I think the Chiefs, and I think I would like the Chiefs. What I don't know what the first half line is. I don't do gambling, but I would like to imagine there was going to be a very well scripted opening series by Reed and the Chiefs. Yeah, and, but
2: John's talking about the last 15 minutes. The first but, 15 minutes. But here are here this, fine.
3: Yeah, but this oh. is what I think. I think when you have Patrick Mahomes and an offense. You can't blow a twenty-one point lead in the fourth quarter, or however. Should
2: never blow a twenty-one point lead.
3: My my point being is with Alex Smith, they weren't in those positions where they were up that amount with eight minutes left. They, you know, they're always in close games where, like, we make fun of Andy Reid, it's because the the Chiefs were losing and they're down two scores, and Alex Smith is dinking dunk, dunking his way down field, and it takes eight minutes with ten minutes left on the clock, and I just don't think the Chiefs are going to be in that position.
1: But well, we were saying last year they were up that position. They were up twenty-one to three against the Colts. They were up thirty-eight negative
0: uh, that, no was blame on Reed. that was Matt Nagy's fault. I don't think that, yeah, I mean, look, Andy Reid off the bye is usually pretty good and he's getting a bye here. That was a wild card weekend game too. So he didn't have a bye against the Titans. Um, you, you love the Andy Reid off the bye. just, you sing
3: a you sing a song about
0: it. Andy so like Reid off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye. I Andy, mean, Andy Reid is very good off the bye. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and, and I will
1: say he's only had one bye with the Chiefs and it was, uh, 2015 or 2016 when he lost to the Steelers. Eighteen to sixteen. Yeah, there you go, Wilson. That's the only buy he's had in Kansas. That was my Super Bowl. I'll tell
0: you. I'll tell you something. A bet I like right now that people can go put in at least on sportsbook.ag, just where I happen to be looking because it's the first place that I go to. Um, The first quarter over under for the Chiefs Colts is what? What do you think it is?
2: (laughs) Twenty. No.
3: I don't. You laugh. I don't know if that's lower high. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. What do you think it is? Yeah, I
2: don't either i'm pretty it's, good at these things it's 10 and a half. 14 it's ten okay. and a half. Ten and a half. it's way over on that
0: yes go hammer that folks if you got an online account and you get a first quarter bet go hammer that both of these teams will have scripted drives out of the gate i'm stunned that it's uh 10 and a half. what is 10 that about? i think it'd be a really fun game like i keep on saying the chiefs are going to blow them
3: out but like i could just be wrong and like i think you have andrew luck versus patrick Mahomes, and you have also, the Chiefs' beat defense not being good. I think you could have a, an all-time classic, you know, 44-41 type Sean, of game.
0: you weren't born in two thousand fourteen, so you probably missed this game between the Chiefs and the Colts. I'm just kidding. My, my son—I'm well, but- the most
3: accomplished four-year-old in the history of <laughs> planet Earth.
0: Well, five-year-old because my son was born. I
3: probably shouldn't in, be drinking though. That's the, the night bef-
0: The night before, so my son was born on Friday before Wild Card Weekend of the twenty uh, thirteen. Pl- 2013 season playoffs and I there's a photo of me holding my son in the uh in you'll like this John holding my son in the uh in in the room sitting there peacefully two days two days old and I'm watching Philip Rivers carve up the Bengals on wild card weekend it was a man it was a glorious Sunday it was oh, last, that was, last
2: that was a long day for Andy Dalton
0: yeah, well, yeah was, uh, I've got a but but, but, the, but the but the but the and actually this is kind of crazy how this is sort of full circle but the um holy crap I just realized this so the Friday night games, or no, the Saturday night games, excuse me. Robbie was born on, on, uh, on, on Friday. And then the Saturday night games were Colts and Chiefs and Nick Foles and the Eagles against the Saints. And then, uh, Philip Rivers was playing in another game and then, uh, Packers 49ers, I believe with Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick. So there you go. There's your trip down memory lane. Anything you guys want to add? Did we miss anything in this?
3: I got one little fun fact that just emerged via 24-7 sports. Part of the CBS Sports family, Robbie Gold was at that game watching it, so he watched. Get
0: Katie him Parkey. on the field. Get him. I down guess he there. tweeted.
3: a video of him at the game, right next to one of the the uprights. I'm not sure if it was the right one, but
2: he he was Littlefinger in that. Region.
3: Get him on the fields. Have him switch jerseys. Put the Get the visor on. No one could have you know been able to tell who was actually kicking. Um, you know, bad game management. So,
2: John, what is Cardi, What is Cody Parky doing tonight? He's going home. Uh, he I
3: mean, I, I,
1: post-game, he said he's going to go home and hang out with his wife and his dog, which is probably his best bet because the only two people in Chicago uh, who want to hang out with him right now. And, and <laughs> again, I, I I feel horrible for him. Like, I'm the son of a kicker. I know exactly what these people go through. I've been cussed at as a kid <laughs> when my dad would miss field goals in games. I know how horrible this is. Wait, 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 like, back back the up. Is that real? You've really been sworn at? Oh, this is no joke. I, my dad played till I was 11. We would be – uh oh well, I wouldn't be cussed at, but you'd be the people
0: behind you, they don't know that you're They would be cussing at your father in front of you. Right, right,
1: or, right, 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 right. Without knowing that you're related to him and you're just like, Well wow, these guys really hate my
0: dad.
2: Can they not read the jersey <laughs> on the back of the name the back of the name of my jersey that I'm wearing? Well right? we
1: weren't wearing specialized jerseys. Did you turn around and, and say, My
0: dad's a millionaire, suck it? your no. no. dad's the happiest it. person <laughs> on the planet Earth. I I don't I doubt your dad was a millionaire for kicking in the seventies. So I don't. He know. could be. He was very good. Hey, eighties hey, and nineties, Prince. He played into the nineties. He uh, played in the nineties. Wait, so your dad was kicking like after Sean was born. When, when was your? It was right around that. When was the last year? I've, yeah, I was Ooh, born in ninety two. We nice looked thing. this up. I, I definitely have looked this up before to see if what
2: if he was kicking when I was alive.
0: What if he made his final field goal at the exact moment you were born?
2: Maybe it's when he was conceived. That would be weird.
1: In this final year, he hit an overtime game winner against the Bears. So maybe it oh is my god,
0: It all ties together. It just all ties together. Sean, oh, what, if, what if that was the night that Sean was conceived? And then, is, nine, and then nine months just, later, Sean was born. Sean, text your dad yeah. real quick. Why, Why are we?
3: Yeah, he's going to be
1: Speaking of the, the 90s, the you know minutes. what else happened in the 90s? That was <laughs> the last playoff at home. And, uh, you know, we're both saying how the Chargers and Colts might be able to win this week. If they do, can you even imagine – an AFC title game at the tiny soccer stadium between the Chargers and Colts. I mean, that would be the most hilarious thing wait, wait, in NFL.
2: Would you talk about this, Sean? There's some conversation maybe about moving it to the big stadium, the Rams Stadium.
1: I, I did. I, I do not know of that. <laughs> you know what? I think
2: MDS uh, Pro Football Talk mentioned that that might be a possibility if that if it got to that point. Well, uh, let me see this quickly. Are they the Rams I, mean,
3: don't I don't know if they would
2: care. <laughs> Let me ask you this because I was thinking about this, and you guys may not care, but the only team that I care about losing right now are the Patriots. Everyone yeah, else I would care. love to see. We, we don't care. John, do you care?
0: I mean, I, I I slightly care.
2: Like who is there? who are the teams that you don't want to see in the Super Bowl?
0: Or or repick your Super Bowl. Like if you pick, a, pick it based on your emotions. Like who do you like? I personally, I don't want to see the Patriots. I've This will be my ninth yeah. Super Bowl for CBS. Right,
3: exactly. It'd be a
0: mean, humble brag, major humble brag. Um, just humble bragging
3: that you're old.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. But, yeah. um, but, so I've been to eight Super Bowls for CBS. There he five, goes again. Five, How many? five of them have featured the Patriots. That's obscene. Like, I'm tired of seeing the Patriots. And most of the
3: games have been pretty good.
0: The games have been great. But I want to see, I want to see Chargers Saints still. I'm going to stick with my prediction. Although my playoff bracket that I post on Monday will be different.
2: You know what I want to see? I want to see Chiefs Cowboys. I think that would be bonkers.
0: What?
2: Cowboys, when's the last time they've been good?
0: Yeah, but they'll get blown out of the
2: game. But if Jason
3: Garrett's gonna be handing the ball off to Zeke Elliott. I I think if I'm picking as a
1: CBS employee and I wanna see two hundred million people watch the Super Bowl, I'm going with Cowboys Patriots because the Uh. ratings would be absolutely off the hook and And every single person in the world would watch that. However, because I also have Patriots fatigue, uh, I would actually love to see Cowboys Chargers. I I'd want to see the fun. Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I think that would be fun. And I also, you know, Philip Phillip Rivers, Chargers, the only team left in the playoffs that haven't won a Super Bowl ever in team history. So I think it would be fun to see them there. Fun, Who deserves the Super
2: Bowl more, Philip Rivers or Andy Reid, though? Ooh. Don't ask, Brunson. Andy Reid. Oh, because if
3: he wins a Super Bowl, I think he's up there with the all times.
0: He's already up there with the all time. He's the same but thing as Rivers' I mean, over. He, he should
3: be, but
1: yeah,
0: Reed Reed's got Patrick Mahomes for the next ten years. Get out of here, Sean. <laughs> yeah. is his Rivers is fired. Rivers needs up. to
1: get it this year. He's not getting it.
0: Do you know the closest Philip Rivers has ever been to the uh, to the Super Bowl?
2: Is when you tweeted at him from one of the Super Bowls. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like, I actually, when I saw. You, like, him you up as him the media night at the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, I saw, God, the heat. uh, no, 2007 AFC championship game when he played with a torn, with no ACL, with a torn ACL against the Patriots. Yeah, what's that like? What's that like, Ryan?
2: It's funny you ask.
0: Um, yeah, he, Rivers went in, and that was, that's the last time he was in the playoffs in New England was, uh, was 2007. And, and I think it was Tracy Wolfson asked him about it on the field afterwards. And he's like, you he should have a
3: very vivid memory
0: of this. What, what? The, the Wolfson question or the the, no, the 7 game? Yeah, 07 I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, a, You
2: just watched it last night to get pumped up for this game. I'm
0: not a degenerate millennial, man. I mean, like, I like, I, I care about. I was things. in eighth grade. No, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry you don't have a passion for football, Sean. That's not my problem. At any rate, the the 2007, they asked him, they're like, what, what do you, what do you think about going to New England to play? Uh, he goes, she goes, what, we, what comes to your mind first? He's like, feels like 2007. Can't wait. I mean, I'm excited for this. this wow,
3: what the, a great quote.
2: I know. <laughs>
0: Wow. Brent was I'm doing serious. his
2: Rocky punches when he was listening to the, to the replay <laughs> da, da, da. of the interview on the field.
0: No, they lost, man. They lost. But da, da, da,
2: da. da, 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 da. Um,
0: in The living room. What game – All right. All right uh, Sean, who – did you pick your Super Bowl? Who do, who do you want to see in the Super Bowl? Who is
3: it? Who I want or who I think?
0: Who – Who do you want to see? Do both. I don't care.
3: Well, my two Super Bowl picks are still alive, which are the Chiefs and the Patriots, so I can't go away from that. The Super Bowl I wanted was the Ravens and Bears. Did you pick the Chiefs
0: uh, before the season?
3: No. no, Saints, sorry. Saints, Did I say that?
0: Yes, you did. Saints, Patriots. I yes. picked
3: the Saints to win it all before the season. Because the Chiefs and the uh, Patriots
0: couldn't actually play in the Super Bowl. I don't know
3: if you know that. Yeah, that would have been a dumb pick. Yeah. I would have had to like eat in a shoe if that had happened. Um, and then my um, – what do I want? I want the Chiefs because I want to watch Patrick Mahomes, And I think <sighs> – you want to I didn't Saints I think Breeze versus Mahomes with the MVP conversation. I think that would be fun.
0: Uh, if that happens, the Saints will win the Super Bowl. you know why Because John breaches MVP theory because Patrick Mahomes will receive Mahomes was a first team all pro by a landslide. And Mahomes will get the MVP, and he'll have some video where he's like, ah, I like ketchup, like something like that, the night before at NFL Honors. And then Breeze will light them up. It's the like when match.
3: Matt Ryan won it over Tom Brady, and then he lost it in heartbreaking fashion in the Super Bowl.
0: Cam Newton had an award. Peyton Manning. Had an award, 2013, had a message, oh, it's good stuff, and then got blown out by the Seahawks. MVPs lose the Super Bowl, Sean. It's a lesson for the youngsters, courtesy of Mr. John Breach. All right, it's been an hour and 20-minute podcast. Oh,
2: a little quicker. Four, four games. Yeah. Got one more thing game. to do.
0: Uh, just got to get the big milk take of the week, and we can get out of here.
3: Uh, I, I kind of blew it on the Robbie Gold coming at the game, but I'll say this. We should all – look, I'm a Bears fan. Bad game, bad result, but I do feel bad for Cody Parkey. Let's not, you know, let's not be – um, a-holes to Cody Parkey. And I'll just say this. Jason Peters said after the game, he was asked what he said to Cody Parkey. And he said, I told him thank you. And let's, I think that's the exact opposite of what we should go about saying to Cody Parkey, even if we're <laughs> Eagles fans. Let's, let's have some, you know, this is a real person. what you go to... uh, See you, see you around. I don't know. <laughs> like, right, I, you can say, hey, good Cody. year
0: on the Bears. See ya. Hey, Cody, you, you, you tried hard. Maybe the offense could score more than sixteen points, fifteen points. You did, six. you did make most of your field goals.
2: Yeah. See, now you're just you're actually being mean to Cody it's Park. No, Not I'm just
0: saying. I can't, believe,
2: I can't believe I can't believe an Eagles
3: player went up to Cody Parking nice. and said, "I told him thank you." How about You're, talk, say, that's you're talking about is great. And- and I'll say this: I we just did my our Super Bowl picks, whatever. I think it would be hilarious if the Eagles somehow went on to win the Super Bowl just because I want to spend the entire offseason writing about what the Eagles should do with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz because I Ray, think that
2: would be Ray Carson Wentz to um,
0: the Saquon Park. If you're still listening to this podcast, go tweet. God Cody. Bless. Go, I'm God out. bless you, but go tweet Cody Parkey and say something nice to him. He needs it. That could have been the good big milk take of the week. Sean wasn't prepared. Here's my big. Here's here's the big milk take of the week. Go tweet. Yep. Cody Parkey, and say something nice. Also, can we get rid of milk? My son's drinking like a half gallon a day. It's out of control. Constantly. And it's and not. Milk. It's not I'll good drink. for him. It's it's not good for him. No, We're the it. only
3: species on the planet that drinks milk of another species. Like I will say this. Is, I cut milk out. milk
1: is not for people. It's My for cat drinks house. cow milk, so you're wrong.
3: Well, your cat's unhealthy. You should you should nine be a better cat parent and give it two. some them better.
2: Breach, Breach, Breach. He is 100% a cat parent. Breach
0: doesn't actually have a cat. That's the terrifying part. All right, we're out of here. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with somebody that talks to me on the phone about football. I don't know who it is right now. In the meantime, subscribe via iTunes. It won't be Sean, he says. It'll be you, Sean. Uh oh we're ex- last Monday. Hey, excited to announce yeah. moving forward in the off season, weekly. Ryan Wilson draft podcast.
2: Dreams yeah. coming true, baby.
0: Dreams coming true, Ryan. You finally get to podcast with yours truly. You
2: okay. have after got fired off this one two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man, We've been, we We might bring back the Housecast for that. All right, me and Prince have been
2: podcasting in some form for ten years. That's not even an exaggeration,
0: dude. It's longer than that. It doesn't count if no one listens. I right? was. I. What we were. We no no. no we, the Housecast was big, man. Okay. Um, okay. We were. Uh, we were. If we were like figuring oh out it was
2: how- oh, 07 it was oh, 07 I forgot it was That's 20 because you
3: guys were the only podcast that existed <laughs>
2: we were ahead of the curve
0: yeah are we done yeah we're done we're I don't know what's going on all right, all right, all right. anyway we'll get out of here thank you for listening talk to you guys soon